Welcome to the church. My name is Jonathan. My name is Pete. Glad that you guys are here with us uh, for yet another episode. Today we want to discuss part two of what we started last week. Uh, What did we even talk about, Pete? Baptism. Oh, that's right. That's right. Baptism. Part two. Part two. Two two ordinances. Two ordinances of the local church, baptism and the Lord's Supper or communion or the Eucharist. We don't call it the Eucharist a lot. At all. Or the Holy Sacrament. <laughs> we don't call that at all. Why don't we call it the Holy Sacrament? Well, I think we're trying to... Is it to, not I, holy? Well, it's holy, but... Is it a sacrament? Uh, it depends on how you define it. Yeah. But Yeah, but this is... this is. Uh, I'm a little sad because this is our last episode. Of for, the summer. For the summer. Ever. Yeah, well, man. Unless we change our mind between now and, and uh, September. But... Uh, I don't foresee us changing our mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the internet has had enough Jonathan and Pete for well, a while. Definitely Jonathan. Well, yeah. Um, so we're talking about communion. Right. Today. The Lord's Supper. Right. So I, I want to begin us with, there's this quote from a book called, uh, What is the Lord's Supper? It's a small little book um, written by Bobby Jameson's pastor now, in D.C. Now, last time when we talked about baptism, you referenced another book written by... Job, yeah. Bobby J- Johnny Jameson. <laughs> Bobby Jameson. And that's why we're ending the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna so you're you're referencing his other book that's on right. communion. Well Lord's he's got Supper. more than two. He's got more than two. I'm referencing one of Bobby Jameson's many wonderful books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other dude. one is called What is Baptism. But yeah. Uh, here, here's his definition of the Lord's Supper. Okay. The Lord's Supper is a church's act of communion with Christ and each other and of commemorating Christ's death by partaking of bread and wine. And a believer's act of receiving Christ's benefits and renewing his or her commitment to Christ and his people, thereby making the church one body and marking it off from the world. So I just want to highlight, I know that's dense. That is a, I need a nap for that. Let's talk about two pieces to that definition. Number one, it's an individual act. What does he mean by that? Uh, you're, You're renewing your commitment to the Lord personally. Right. Right. Yeah, every time you take the, uh, the the bread and the wine, you're remembering Christ's death until yeah. he comes personally, yeah. and you're commemorating that. Right. Uh, and you have to do that as an as an individual. Right. By right. faith. You right. have to come to the table by faith. Right. Um, but the thing that I want to highlight is that it's also a corporate act. We are not partaking of the Lord's Supper as mere individuals, but as a community of people. Hmm. And so the Lord's Supper is a church's act of communion with Christ together and each other of commemorating Christ's death. And that's that's where I want to hang out for a little bit today because we live in an individualistic culture, but one of the ways that the Bible challenges the uh, idolatry of individualism is by calling us to a communal ritual, a communal act Um that is that that we that we ought not partake of as mere individuals. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, it's really a beautiful thing if you think about the corporate nature of the Lord's Supper. Right. Uh, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit, but but it really involves overseeing one another's communion with Christ. With, with Christ. One another. That's right. Through uh, the the act that we're that we're uh, sharing with one another. Right. So right. that's why that's why the corporate, the corporateness, if you will, yes. the togetherness, um, 
the one anotherness. So there might so there ought to be really beautiful two biblical prerequisites to partaking in the table. Number right. one is to understand that Christ gave this ordinance to the church. Right. That's the first prerequisite is to just have this baseline understanding that this is not given to individuals. It's given to the church. Now let me push back. Just devil's advocate here. He he gave it to his disciples. Right. The who, narrative is to the is to the disciples. Right. Who planted churches and instituted it in yeah, the church. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So just understand that Jesus gave this to the church. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Oh man, that's good. That's, there's there's a lot there, but yeah. Second second prerequisite is this church membership. Okay. Church membership in an ideal world, right, uh, ought to be a prerequisite to regularly partaking in the table. Right. Right. You want to push back on that? Any? Do you uh, wanna... I do. Well, no, 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 not push back. But I I have a question. Uh, when when you when we think about discussions on the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. We hear three words that are usually that are usually talked about. There's right. there's open communion. There's close, as in not not uh, far away, but close communion. Mm-hmm. And then there's closed, not not open, but closed communion. So there's open, closed, and close. And open means it's open to everybody, anyone in the room, even even you know. No, uh, no warnings about whether they're not there are Christians or not. Um, it's just open. Whoever wants to do it. Uh, closed is members only. Right. Uh, if you're not members, a member of this church. You're not invited to the table. Right. Uh, close means it's it's kind of qualified. Mm-hmm. You you say to people, um, you know, uh, if you're a Christian and you've been bi- biblically baptized. Uh, into Christ, both spiritually, but then you've re- also received the covenant sign of baptism mm. as a believer. Right. Then you're free to participate, and you're just, you know maybe you're from out of town, maybe you're mm-hmm. visiting, maybe this is the first Sunday you've been back to church or something like that. And um, that's close. And communion. to lay our cards on the table, we practice close communion. Right. We don't we don't practice closed okay. communion. Now that sounds like it contradicts. Well, I was going to ask. No, 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 it's not a contradiction. I I know you've thought this through. So when you say that the that the Lord's Supper implies church membership. Yep. What what. How does that how does that coincide with our practice of close yep. communion? I think normal New Testament Christians ought to desire the oversight, the loving oversight of a local congregation as a part of their discipleship and as a prerequisite to their coming to the table of the Lord. In other words, I'm committing myself in membership, and I'm giving away. I'm I'm I am giving authority. I'm submitting to the authority of a local church to say you are free to take in this table or no, you're not uh, free to take in this table because um, you're, you're not living in a way that surrenders to Christ as Lord. Right. So there would be a situation. Normal Christians should just want that kind of accountability. Right. Right. So there should, okay. So, okay. I know what you mean by that. So it would be different if there was, let's say there's a person who's living um, in sin. Right. And, and it's clearly in disobedience to the law of Christ. Right. Then in our practice of close communion, we would tell that person at the beginning of the Lord's Supper, we would say, 
if you are living in open rebellion to the to the lordship of Christ and you are disobeying his commandments very clearly and very visibly and very publicly um then we discourage you from partaking in this meal this meal is not for you right yeah one thing one thing i i know we got to keep moving here but one thing i really like about um uh something that mark dever said about the the lord's supper he said um he puts two qualifications on the Lord's Supper. He says, this is, number one, this is for sinners. Um, this is for people who are not perfect. So if you don't see yourself as a sinner, this table is not for you. Mm. But second qualification is, this is for repentant sinners. That's right. So even when you do see yourself as a sinner, but you're fine with it, this table is not for you. Right. So it's for people who admit their sin and confess their sin, repent of their sin, and are turning to Christ. That's who the table is for. And I thought that was really helpful. You need to be a sinner, and you need to be a repentant sinner. Yeah, another pastor once said, uh, you can come to this table with your sin, but you can't come in your sin. If you're coming with your sin, it's because you intend to lay it down. Right. Um, Right. But if you're coming in dressed in your sin, then you are not partaking of the table in faith. When you say another pastor, are are you referring to yourself? No, I'm Is referring self-referential. No, no. I'm referring to a guy that I really like to follow, but I don't want other people to go read. He's not a another guy. guy. He's not a guy brilliant, that I, brilliant oh, dude. Oh yeah. he said this. Yeah. I wish I I wish I could I could say come brilliant up with, things. Oh yeah. I wish, I wish I could say things like things and stuff. All right. So um I think ideally converted church members yeah. in good standing with their local church ought to be right. the ones partaking. So for that reason, we, in the same way that we would not baptize um, babies or small children, we don't offer them communion right? Um, because we wouldn't do that with an unregenerate adult. Um, so so covenanted church membership ought to be taking um, in, in, in communion. Um, should we offer communion at weddings? No. Never, ever, 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 ever offer communion at weddings. I knew what your answer was going to be. <laughs> I didn't know that you were going to come on that you strong. You should never, ever take Why communion not? They're both at weddings. Christians. Oh, and it's hang so on, beautiful, hang on. isn't They're it? both Christians, yeah. and it's beautiful, and they're just—isn't that a great evangelistic tool no. to show the, to the lost world what Jesus is like? No. What are some of the problems with taking communion at weddings? Well, first and foremost, Jesus did not give mandates to uh, individual couples for them to partake, for them to to offer uh, an ordinance that he gave only to the church at their okay. wedding. I mean, that's that's taking the commands of Christ that were that were directed specifically for an organization, or you might say an organism, mm-hmm. which is the local church. And you 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 may not. You know, I, nobody baptizes at a wedding. Man, that's the next. That's, <laughs> that's the, next the next frontier, big thing, isn't it? Yeah. In weddings is baptisms. <laughs> baptisms. I've seen some foot washings. Yeah. Anyway, I know. I know. So, well, foot washing is totally different, but it's an ordinance. Okay. Yeah. When I I took this class uh, a couple of semesters ago from from my from my seminary, it was a class on the doctrine of the church, and the professor Greg Nichols. I recommend any of his books, any of his lectures, any of his writings. Greg Nichols um, said this, where the supper is, 
referring to the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Where the supper is, there the church is. Wow. It is a it is a definitional supper. Mm. The supper by its very nature is is a it marks off the church from the it, world. It marks off the uh, he he says it has organizational significance. The Lord's right. supper has organizational significance to the church. And so when you give communion at a wedding, you are saying you are effectually saying whether you intend to or not, you're saying we're the church. Now you're, there's a on. sense in no, no, which no, no, no. hang on. It's worse than that. Well, hang on. Okay, you get to that in a second. Okay. There's a sense in which sure. Okay, Christians. There may be Christians at the wedding. And you can say, okay, well this, you know, there are there's there's the bride of Christ, the universal bride of Christ present. Christians are there. But you are not marking yourself off as a covenant community. You're not doing that. Okay, now what were you going to say? Well, why, are we, why did you say it's, well, it's worse, worse than, than that? Because the only two people receiving the body and blood <sighs> of Christ are the bride and groom, and so you're effectively saying right. the only people that are the church are the bride and groom. Wow. And the rest of you are damned. Right. I don't think people understand when we take the bread and the wine into our bodies, it's a sign that Christ's body was broken for us and that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins and to withhold that. In other words... When we excommunicate someone from membership, mm-hmm. to excommunicate them means to ex out of commune, communion, to remove them from the table of the Lord. In That's other right. words, we are saying to that person, both with our words, but also by denying them the bread and the, the, the cup, we are saying to them, we are in fear for your soul. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is loving. This is loving. We we are afraid that you, though you profess to be a Christian, you're not living as Christ right. commands, right. and therefore, you are not covered by the blood of Christ, and His body was not broken for you. Right. Wow. Can you and, imagine and communicating do, that at a wedding? When you do that at a wedding, Ugh. what you are saying is the only people here that are covered by the blood and bo- broken body of the of the Lord are the bride and groom, and the rest of you are damned. Now, hang on. I can hear now, an objection. Man. Hang on. I can hear an objection and, and somebody saying, well, listen, the wedding in and of itself is symbolic. Oh, no just one's like the, that. Just like the Just like the supper would be symbolic. So the bride is the, is the bride of Christ. The groom represents Christ because Ephesians 5 and so on and so forth. I would say, right, but the, the proper way we signify the bride of Christ is by the bride of Christ, the actual bride of Christ participating, the Lord's people partaking partaking of the Lord's table on the Lord's day. Yeah, which is uh, in symbol and in shadow a foretaste of the true wedding supper. The reality to come. Yeah. That's right. It, it's, it's a foretaste That's of right. glory divine. Right, right, right. All right. Look at you quoting old hymns. Mm, yummy. All right. Um, frequency. This is one. Okay, yeah, frequency. Frequency. How often, how, how often should we yeah. do it? So when I first got to Lake Wiley, it was uh, it was kind of infrequent, uh, and we started doing it every other month, so six times a year. I grew up in a church, I think, that did it quarterly. How about you? A church you grew up in quarterly? Quarterly. Twice a year? Mm. Not that infrequent? Mm, it was probably monthly, maybe. Okay. Something like that. So uh, this past year, we just moved to monthly here yeah, at Lake Wiley. Yep. Um, I, I could, I could, I could do the Lord's Supper weekly. I me think too. you would. Oh, I'd love it. You'd be all over that. Me. Uh, I me would, too. I yep. would do it as well, but I, it's not a hill that I would 
die on. Right. We've been expanding our liturgy here, and it's gotten longer, and so we're, we're trying to just get everyone used to experiencing a sure. longer church yeah. worship service. Yeah. But um, I could just, I, there's I a, could there's just a, hear our church members' eyes rolling. I right can now. hear their eyes rolling like, oh, man, <laughs> if they go to weekly communion, oh, they're going to have to start bringing like a cliff Bar and a bottle of Gatorade so that midway through the service they can just refuel. Have we got the communion? Oh, we haven't even gotten to communion yet. Yeah. In right. fact, communion is going to be cliff Bars and Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, no, um, there's a there's a pastor out there, uh, same one, <laughs> not okay. me, but there's a pastor out there that, that said this, and it resonated so deeply with me. He said, uh, whenever you come and listen to a sermon, uh, it's like watching a chef, a, cele- a, a chef on TV prepare a wonderful meal. You're yeah. watching him, you know, dice up the text and prepare all the ingredients yeah. and put together this wonderful gospel meal. Yep. Um, but unless you eat the supper, you're only watching the meal be made. Right. It's it's when you partake in the supper after hearing the word proclaimed that you actually dine and feast right. on the meal. You actually feed on Christ, and and he didn't mean anything super mystical by that. No, at no. all. No, no, uh, no. There's not something. There's not some magic in the wafer, uh, or or the cup. He just meant, um, it's it it's the ritual that Christ gave that he said whenever you partake of it, I'm among you. I'm present in your midst. But just thinking about how often we should do it, I'm not. I I. <sighs> I think the New Testament is pretty silent on this. Agreed. I really do. Agreed. I think I think the majority of it, just being gracious, I think the majority of it is just preferential. If if a if a church wants to do it every week, for, good heavens! I mean, do this in remembrance of me. You're meditating on Christ, right? Every week. I mean, praise the Lord for that. And if a church wants to do it every, uh, every uh, you know, if they want to do it every uh, three months or something like right. that, that's that. Then praise the Lord. Fine. Um, now. Uh, I, I I do remember having a conversation with a pastor once who said the reason why we don't do it as frequently I what I'm about to say is a is a is a really bad reason to not do the Lord's Supper. Okay. Um one of the, he said that the, the one of the reasons why uh he didn't want to do the Lord's Supper was because um that warning in first Corinthians eleven that says you can drink damnation to yourself or you can drink judgment to yourself when you when you come to the Lord's table table with sin um, in your heart, uh, and so the 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 pastor was saying, "Well, I don't do it as frequently because I don't want to give any of my people an occasion to sin and uh, and and not come to the Lord's table." So you uh, sin against them by refusing to remember yeah. Christ's death. I mean, in other words, so I'm just saying. All I'm saying is that there is a there is a there's a spectrum here. You've already drunk damnation when you've disobeyed the command to to withhold the Lord's, to withhold table. The Lord's table. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a spectrum. So you can so you know you can assign you can over assign right significance or you can assign over significance. Yep. To um to the Lord's table and you can you can you know become sacramental. And uh, sure. and and say that there is a special presence. Yeah, you can oversign, but you can also under. But you can also, significance. That's right. That's right. right. So, we, uh, so this, it's just a cracker. It's just a little mouthful of juice, and and it, it is. But Jesus says, when you do it, I'm with you. I'm right. present. Right. And you got to deal with that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, practical, practical uh, implications of the Lord's table. Um, if you're a brother pastor listening. I, I've I've been in churches where anytime we were going to do communion, the conversation in planning the communion was, 
how can we do it quicker? It mm-hmm. takes too much time. Mm-hmm. Just just guard against it, anything that diminishes one of the two main ordin- ordinances that Christ gave to the church, mm-hmm. and um, ask yourself how can we how can we make it more meaningful? How can we make communion more meaningful, more mm-hmm. significant, more um, of a moment with our Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to hijack the whole service. It doesn't need to hijack the sermon. It doesn't need to be. Um, you know, you don't need to burn incense <laughs> um, to make it more meaningful and significant. But, but the Lord gave it to you. So, brother pastor, just th- give thought um, to to the Lord's table. If you want some ideas, call me, email me, would yeah, love yeah. to chat. I think as well in terms of practical implications, uh, church members, when you take communion, don't just take it as an individual. Look around the room. Mm. Look around the room, see who's taking it, see who's present, see who's missing. Is mm-hmm. there a brother or sister who's weighed down by sin that needs to be encouraged? Is there a brother or sister who's absent, uh, habitually absent from the gathering of the saints that needs to be exhorted to attend uh, what their Lord has called them to attend every seven days, namely the worship of, of, of the church, um, worship of Christ in the church? Um, look around the room, participate as a church member, not as a mere Christian. Yeah. And I would say to the Lake Wiley church members, I just say, look forward to the oh, Lord's yeah. table every time. You know, we, we alternate, what, between the uh, uh, third and fourth Sundays of the month? Something like that. And um, and just look forward every single time we do the Lord's table because it is a sweet, sweet time of um, reflection. Now, it, to be fair... Uh, we try to devote an entire section of our liturgy to focusing exclusively on Christ, uh, his person and work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, God, man, Christ response. That's our, that's our liturgy. And um, so though we, though we do focus on Christ in every service, when we have the Lord's, when we observe the Lord's Supper, we, in a very, very special way, focus on the death of, of Christ mm-hmm. and his sacrifice for us. Right. And just look forward to that every time. It's a it's a great time of um of renewal and um uh, look forward to it every time we do it. We hope you guys have enjoyed this season of the church. We're going to take a break. We will be back at the beginning of September, Lord willing. So uh until then, um have a great summer. Thanks. Thanks.